Moines Radio Group Station and home of ESPN Radio. This is 1350 ESPN. Simulcasting on 102.1 FM. Des Moines Sports Leader. Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket here on 1350 ESPN, and this is uh, something very, very cool. We are excited about this because this is, uh, well, this is a dry run. <laughs> this is what this really is. This is a dry run because this is a going to be a weekly program. See, one of the things uh, about 1350 ESPN is there has never been live local programming uh, from a sports talk perspective on this radio station since it's been around. And uh, thanks to the uh, general manager here at the Des Moines Radio Group, uh, Lance Richard, he and I have been chatting for a while, and we decided we were going to begin the journey, <laughs> if that's a thing. We're going to begin the journey uh, of getting some more live, local sports talk in Des Moines here on 1350 ESPN. Uh, again, my name is Mike Wickett. J.D. is my producer. He is on the other side. Hello, my friend. Hey, thank you for inviting me along. I appreciate this. J.D. and uh, I have known each other for a long time, uh, since Thursday. Yeah. We've known each other. Face-to-face <laughs> to, face face this morning at 9.15. Yeah. Uh, so when, when you brought in Starbucks. Old friends, you and I. Now we are. Well, yeah, You exactly. brought in Starbucks. <laughs> You know, and, and we're doing this dry run together, so you can't tell me that uh, this uh, won't bring us even closer together, my friend. I, I believe you are right, and... Um, what I'm excited about is if you're, this show is actually going to hit every Friday at 4. That's when this show is supposed to air. And, and today, if you are a part of it, you're listening to us right now, we're just trying to, we're trying to learn how to dance together. That's <laughs> what this is. We're going to be on for an hour. We're going to be on until noon. Uh, and then Fridays at 4, you and I are going to be here talking about what people in Des Moines care about, whether it is the Iowa Hawkeyes or the Iowa State Cyclones, uh, the Drake Bulldogs, who are 15-0 and 0 right now. And, of course... When we get to Friday, we will be two days away from the Chiefs and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. We will definitely hit on that. Can we say that anymore right now? What's that? The, what you just said. The Super Bowl? Can you say that? You're allowed to say the Super I went into it. I got into a debate with these people, with people uh, about this, as a matter of fact. Fantastic. And I was like, what are you talking about? Obviously, you won the debate. Well, yeah. I mean, a little background on me. Okay, <laughs> a little bit of background on me. Why do I think we should have like a dude? Like I know, like a, uh, right? A little music bed of some sort here, right? Um, Go ahead, my friend. I have been doing sports talk for a long time. I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was then in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I then did some news talk down in Kansas City. We'll get to, we'll get into deep into my life and your life at some point. But I have been doing promotions around the Super Bowl since before you had to call it the big game. Okay, which they're going to start. You, they're going to start doing something on that real soon. You wait. You used to be able to call it the Super Bowl. You're like, hey, come and watch the Super Bowl with me at Jimmy's Pub in, uh, you know, in, in West Des Moines. And, and now you can't say Super Bowl if you're trying to promote anything, because the Super Bowl, the NFL wants their money. They they want their nickel. Um, so somebody at the station said you can't you, you can't have a promo on the air saying you're going to be promote or uh, talking about the Super Bowl. Or you have to say the big game. I said. Every sports talk show in the world is using the word Super Bowl when they say, coming up, we're talking about the Super Bowl, we're talking about the Chiefs, we're talking about the Buccaneers, and we'll get into the Super Bowl a lot when we get to next Friday. 
I have no idea how passionate people are that are not Chiefs fans or Buccaneers fans about this one. J.D., you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. Yes. Are uh, you excited? Because I hate people who are like, well, I'm not watching the game. Shut up. You're watching the Super Bowl. Everyone watches the if, Super Bowl. If you're They're a, all liars. If you're a, if you're a sports fan, you're watching the Super Bowl. If you're not, my wife watches the Super Bowl. She likes two sporting events all year. Right. She likes the Cyhawk game, and she likes the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> That's the list. That's the end of the list, okay? <laughs> Those are the only two events she likes. Even she watches the Super Bowl. And it's not just to see The weekend or Maroon 5 or Jennifer Lopez or whoever. Even my wife it gets excited about the Super Bowl. So as a Viking fan, I believe you're going to tell me you're excited for the actual event. I am. Okay. I, I, I am. And uh, there is some Minnesota connection there where, where I'm from as well with the Super Bowl this year. I'm so glad that I could say that. I didn't. You can say Super Bowl. It's Super not. Bowl. You know, what, what's so funny? I, can I tell a quick story? I sure. Know, uh, we got an hour. Mike and I met for the first time over Starbucks here not too long ago. Right. And he says, I don't get angry. I like to have a good time. So what happens <laughs> on the first break? I mess up and you're honked <laughs> off about the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, love I, it. I, I get ticked off over stupid stuff. I don't get mad about. Because we're talking like, what, what kind of brand of sports talk do you bring, Mike? And I said, well, I don't get, I'm not a hot take guy. You know, I don't come in and say and such and such should be fired after this. No, I'm not that guy. Because I, I listen to a lot of sports talk in my life. And I've never understood how people can come on the radio and be mad about everything. Like, we're going to talk about Iowa's loss coming up in about a half hour. Iowa and Illinois last My night. stomach's turning. It, it was, listen, that was a brutal Brutal way to lose. Yeah. And I guess I, I may have to have a bit of a reality check for some, um, some Iowa Hawkeye fans. But we'll talk about that for sure. Um, but I, I, I know there are people that are going to come in and get fired up and want Fran McCaffrey fired and all that. Like, relax. It's sports. I have done sports talk for a long time. I did news talk for a, a short while down in Kansas City. There is a big difference in doing sports talk and doing news talk and i am so happy not that i dislike my time working for a news talk station down mm -hmm. in, in missouri but it is so much more fun to have the opportunity even if we're doing it once a week and this show is going to air fridays at four normally this mm -hmm. is just kind of our we need to know where to plug headphones in and we're on facebook live on espn des moines facebook page you can see my goofy face and i'll turn the camera and you'll be able to see jd's goofy face <laughs> as well like i needed to ask one of our one of the guys here at the station danny i said danny where's the bathroom uh, where's the, the, like you have to learn where things that's are the first thing you learn when you walk into a building for the first time right well the things that radio people have to learn right. the first thing is where's the bathroom the second is where is the dump button so right. that, and that has nothing to do with that's the bathroom right. by that's, the way that's, that's right here should i push it no i haven't no, sworn no, yet no i have not yet. i haven't had a, i didn't have to drop a curse word yet i thought we were getting pretty close <laughs> with the super bowl <laughs> Uh, but we definitely will next Friday, and we're going to be building stuff and having guests, and, and we're efforting a lot for next Friday's show, because it's kind of feel like a Super Bowl preview. Sure. But it's going to be a Super Bowl preview for the fans that are in Des Moines. And Des Moines, here's what I have figured out, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, and I have, I have lived in Des Moines for a year, sure. all right? I'm a new guy into this, to the city. My wife is from Des Moines. She went to West, she went to Valley. She has lived in West Des Moines her entire life. We met in Wisconsin. We lived in Kansas City. We moved here a year ago because we had kids. And I'm normally a stay-at-home father. 
More on that in, in a minute. I have learned in my short time living in this city that this is a chief's town. This oh. is their, this is a especially, I, I especially because, debate with because they're good. Well, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. because they're good. Yeah. You see more Mahomes jerseys and, and Chiefs flags and Chiefs gear everywhere you look. I understand the more north you go, you see that ugly purple. And then if you, you know, you want to, well, I mean, listen. Now you're getting me heated, Well, that's okay. Well, yeah, listen, well. my friend. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I... <laughs> I'm still not over the NFC title game from, some, from six days ago, all right? We could really hit on that one. See, see what's uh, interesting, because J.D. is a Vikings fan. Right. And I would, there are not too many places on the planet I would rather be than at Lambeau Field. All right? So you've got a Vikings fan and a Green Bay Packers fan, and those two fan bases represent a big portion of the state of Iowa. Oh, definitely. Huge. And that's why when you said Chiefs fans, this is Chiefs area. Mm. That, uh, you go back two seasons ago, I can remember the mall being filled up with nothing but purple jerseys when mm -hmm. the Vikings were in the NFC Championship game. So then you could, could have probably thought that this was Vikingville. I think they just jump the wagon whenever they can. <laughs> I, I really do. Which I is do. fine by me. I mean, it's do all good. what you want to do. It's all yeah. good. I mean, I, I'm a big... Listen, when you, when you see Patrick Mahomes play... How can oh. you not be a fan of Patrick Mahomes? I've got... I have Unless got, you're a Raider fan. I've got to tell you, I think that's true. I think that um, they have got the makings of uh, the San Francisco 49ers of the 80s. If you go oh, back gosh, and yeah. look at them, they've got a lot there. And you throw Mahomes in there, Well, they're going to go for a long time, let's put it that way. Coming up in about five minutes, uh, one of my good friends from ArrowheadPride.com, he's the editor-in-chief, Pete Sweeney. He's, covers the, he's covered the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs from the pre-Mahomes era, and Kids, there was Chiefs football before Patrick Mahomes. And they were still pretty good. <laughs> right? All the way back to when they had Joe Montana. I mean, uh, but uh, he's gonna, we're going to get into this matchup, and we're going to get into the Chiefs, and we're going to get into the idea of a dynasty. Because what you just said does mean a lot. Because of especially the way the contracts are structured, there will be a time when the $500 million man, Patrick Mahomes, is an anchor to his franchise because they won't have money for, you know, to pay wide receivers and running backs and, and tight ends and whatnot. And he'll have to do what everybody else is doing, and that is try to throw the ball to nobodies. But right now, the way that the cap is structured, even during COVID and what next year's salary cap is going to look like, the Chiefs are still... Like, if you were to bet next year who's going to win the Super Bowl in 2022... You're betting on the Chiefs, I think. You know, there's some other teams. You might go Josh Allen and company. Maybe you think a year, year number three for Rodgers and LaFleur. Maybe the Packers do something. Maybe you're back on the Russell Wilson bandwagon, whatever. But if I had to put J.D., if I had to put your paycheck mm -hmm. on a team to win next year's Super Bowl. Obviously, you don't want to bet a lot of money. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm not a very good gambler. <laughs> I would bet on Mahomes. I'd bet on Mahomes to win the Super Bowl before the season began, began almost every single year. Can because you, they're that good. Uh, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Are you a Brady believer this year? How can you not he, be? But if Brady does not beat Mahomes and company in the Super Bowl, is Brady still, quote, the GOAT? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I don't... Think about what he just did. Even if they don't win. Had they even lost to the Packers... 
But think about it. He took a brand-new team right. in a system that is the exact opposite of what he did in New England forever, which was dink and dunk, throw the occasional deep pass. Bruce Arians loves to throw the ball deep, and they have weapons galore to do that with Mike sure. Evans and Chris Godwin and you know all their what? tight ends and, and whatnot, and they added Antonio Brown. But mm -hmm. to think about it, his age, to say, all right, who wants to go to the Super Bowl? Let's go to Tampa. I'll, ta I'll take that team along with me. I mean, he picked the right team. He picked the team with the great, sure. with the great defense. He picked the team with all kinds of offensive well, weapons. You would have to believe as a Packer fan that that defense is who really beat you. Well... And a bad call on fourth and goal. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I don't. I've told myself I am done talking about the NFC title game, but it's it's probably going to pop up like an like an ex girlfriend. Uh, but what Brady has done to get to this point, win or lose, is legendary. More on that coming up straight ahead. Pete Sweeney is going to join us from ArrowheadPride.com. We'll talk about the Chiefs, what they're doing in this week to get ready for the Super Bowl. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World on 1350 ESPN. The Chicago Cubs live here. Catch all their games with 1350 ESPN, Des Moines Sports Leader. Wickett's World on 1350 ESPN in Des Moines. Don't forget ESPNDesMoines.com. My name is Mike Wickett. This is our dry run. We are... Uh, it's going to be brought to you on Fridays. We'll be coming to you from 4 until 5 every Friday. But my producer, J.D., and I are trying to figure out where the bathrooms are and where to plug in headphones and running through this for the very first time. So thank you for being a part of it. Very happy to have you on Twitter at ESPNDSM. You can also follow me at Mike Wicket. There are two T's in Wicket. Joining me right now is the hardest working man in all of Kansas City sports media. You can read him at arrowheadpride.com. He is the editor-in-chief of that fine publication. Pete Sweeney is with us. Pete, good to talk to you, my friend. How are you? Let's try again. See, this is exactly why we're doing this today. Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com is with us. Hey, Pete. Hey, Mike. Sorry about that. I, I didn't hear you for a second there, but I got you loud and clear now. Um, I wanted to share before we get started, and I, I, I was actually thinking about you the other day. First of all, congratulations on, on this dry run and your success. But you know, I've been doing radio for you know three or four years. I feel very, very comfortable now. But you are among the initial people that worked with me at the beginning. And I was thinking about that moment where I froze up on one of the first times I was doing a show. And you were mouthing to me, talk, talk. <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't help but thinking about that when you reached out to, to do this interview. So uh, always forever thankful for, for your guidance uh, initially. Well, I'm glad to have you, my friend. I know that uh, now you have gone from just being a writer to a writer and a radio guy to a writer, radio, podcast guy and a writer, radio, podcast, TV guy. Because I now know you're on <laughs> Channel 41 down in, in, uh, in, in Kansas City. So... You're basically like the Howard Stern of Kansas City sports media <laughs> covering everything. And I, and I want to go back because when you and I were working together on 610 down there in KC, uh, Alex Smith was still the quarterback. And this Mahomes kid right. was riding the pine. When you and I were doing shows then, when you were a Chiefs fan three years ago, did you ever in your mind knowing that they drafted this kid, think you would be talking about the Chiefs so quickly going to back-to-back -to -back Super Bowls? 
No, and and Mike, one thing I I really used to pride myself on in Kansas City was the fact that I couldn't be bought, and I you know would stick my nose up, and I was always freely picking against the Chiefs because they had Alex Smith and they had problems, and sometimes teams simply matched up better against them. I was talking about this recently, and I have just been on like almost like a year and a half or so run where no matter who the team is, it, it always draws me back to the quarterback matchup. And it's just, it's so hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes, and I end up picking the Chiefs every week. So I, I try to tell people I, I'm unbiased here, but I pick the Chiefs every week, and it, and it's just felt like it, it hasn't changed in a long time. And it, it was the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, just how good he is, that changed the direction of the franchise. Uh, utterly and completely, and here they are now on the precipice of doing something that hasn't been done in 17 or 18 years. And it has you, I think, and this is the big thing, it has you making conversations and talking about things that, you know, prior to Mahomes you would have never in a million years dreamed to be an acceptable conversation. Like, is he going to be the best quarterback of all time? Can they win three (laughs) Super Bowls in a row? Just ask the nine things that you would have never maybe even considered, and it's normalized to discuss them in Kansas City. Talking with uh, Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com here on 1350 ESPN, Des Moines Sports Station on Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. You know, I was just saying before the break, Pete, and I I said to J.D., I said, if I had to bet on on a team to win the Super Bowl next year, not next week, but next year, you know, as big of a Packers fan as I am, and to see what Josh Allen is doing in Buffalo, if I was to bet your big-time multimedia paycheck on a team, Pete, I would be betting it on the Chiefs even a year a year out, not knowing what happens in the draft or not knowing what happens, because they are just built right now to all come back to run it back again. Yeah, Mike, I'm glad you said the Chiefs are not GameStop. I was getting worried for a second. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll say this. You don't know how the pandemic is going to go. It's, you know, I, I know you know this well, also being in that you know, political news world. It, it, it's, it seems like it's carried over to an extent into 2021. It, it doesn't really seem like there's going to be anything normalized until what will be the fall. And that really helped the Chiefs this year. It's probably even an undertold story now because it's Brady versus Mahomes with all those storylines. But the fact that they were able to return so many starters, this was a huge storyline in the offseason. It's kind of died down now. And and the fact that, okay, there was no offseason program and they were, they were able to keep everybody and they didn't really need to change a lot or teach a lot of anything to anybody. And it was the second year in the Spagnuolo system, Patrick Mahomes with a full grasp of the Andy Reid playbook. And I think that actually makes it more impressive that Brady was able to do what he was able to do in getting there. And the fact that he didn't have that extra time necessarily, even though he was breaking protocol down in Florida on some days, uh, apparently, but, um, but yeah, so I, I think that is an advantage that could help them again this off season. Cause we don't know how this is going to go. I, I, I think, it's still going to be a virtual world until proven otherwise, which means we may not get you know, any, any meetings with the team until training camp. We may see either a limited preseason or no preseason at all again, and that plays right into the Chiefs' hands. Andy Reid has had some really good quarterbacks in his day. Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith, both phenomenal quarterbacks. And the knock on Reid was he just can't win the big one. Amazing how now Andy Reid is looked at as a big-time coach, a Super Bowl champion coach. It's because of one guy. Has, has Andy changed anything in your mind since, besides downfield passing because of Patrick's arm strength versus Alex Smith's arm strength? But has anything, right. has anything really changed in the way Andy Reid coaches a football team? 
You know, it, it's funny because he is all, he's Mr. Routine, but at the end of the year, he'll do some self-evaluation and really think about it, and sometimes he'll make certain changes. And there's been two areas of growth that I have seen in what is largely a similar head coach for the last 20 years, and that is his willingness to be aggressive on fourth down. I think he was forever one of these conservative coaches who really didn't want to go for it. And this even goes to, like, the coin toss. Andy Reid was forever a receive-the-football, set-the-tone type of guy until someone told him there's a 53 or 54% chance if you defer. Then he finally said, all right, I'm deferring every time. And everybody should defer <laughs> if you really going by the percentages. And so that is extended to fourth down. And it seems like his time management is a lot better. Now, with that being said, okay, so you think, okay, fourth down aggressiveness and time management. Those things are a lot easier because you're winning more football games from Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to worry about catching up and the time and, and as much because you're scoring touchdowns of, and, you know, at will. It's easier to make a fourth down decision on fourth and, and short when you have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in that, that in place and, a, and a, a playbook full of plays um, to call up. You feel a little bit more confident in, 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 in Mahomes than you would maybe in Alex Smith. That, to me, is what made the Henny play from a couple weeks ago where his fourth and short even more impressive you didn't have Mahomes yeah. on the field. He, just was, he was blindly trusting his playbook. And so I guess those two areas to me stick out as differences in Andy Reid. The, uh, the last time these two teams played, I think Patrick Mahomes threw for 7,000 yards in one game or something along those lines. I could, my math could be off. I might not totally remember that. But how much <laughs> of an advantage is it for Tampa Bay to know that, okay, we hung with Mahomes or is this a, an advantage for Kansas City, do you think, to know that, all right, we took Tamp Tampa Bay's best shot, Patrick was awesome, and we expect to do the same? Right. I, I think it, it helps both teams in a sense having film on tape already of that team, you know, in the year. And any additional film, to me, plays into the hands of Andy Reid because I just know he's going to go sleepless for the next 13 days trying to figure out the best way to exploit any little weakness of this Tampa Bay team. The one guy he doesn't have film on from that game is Vita Vea, which could be an interesting wrinkle. You know, he was injured in, in the year and, and missed a lot of time, and now he's back and looks to be that all-pro type of caliber player. Um, and so he's going to have to maybe add that to what would be his regular film work. But, uh, yeah, I, I tend to think it favors the Chiefs a little bit just because of just how good Andy Reid is at game planning against your biggest weakness. I mean, Bill Belichick gets that a lot uh, defensively where, he, you know, a lot of people say, well, he's going to take away your biggest weapon. Well, Andy Reid tends to find ways to exploit your biggest weaknesses on the offensive side of the football. I know my... I didn't take Sunday well because of the way the NFC Championship game wound up. Would this feeling for Chiefs fans, do you think it would be any different if it was the State Farm Bowl, if it was Rodgers versus Mahomes, or is there now enough excitement because it's Brady, it's the goat versus the kid? Right. I, I think both. I think any combination out of last weekend would have been awesome. I, I was I was excited about anything. I mean, you know, again, trying to take your bias out of it. Say the Bills did win, then you got a team that's on the precipice of their first Super Bowl versus Brady seventh or Rodgers being able to go back to back, uh, or I'm sure I'm sorry, win his second, I should say, and sort of solidify himself as one of the, the quarterback greats of all time. And um, and so that I, I liked any storyline really coming out of last weekend. This one is interesting to me because, and again, this goes back to one of my first points here. 
with being able to have discussions that used to not be allowed. I really think you're allowed to have the conversation as, okay, 15 years from now, is Patrick Mahomes going to be pushing Brady for becoming the greatest quarterback of all time? And I look at this Super Bowl, and this one is so important, not only because I, I think a lot of people in New England and I guess the couple fans that like the Bucks in Tampa Bay will always hold on to the fact that if Brady wins the seventh against Mahomes, they'll always have that. So there's that aspect. But to me, from a simple number standpoint, I mean, Mahomes, I've felt this for a long time, and Reed are trying to get to six. They're trying to get to six. And you talk about Mahomes specifically because Belichick is out of this now, and he's going to be chasing six. Out of this game, when this is over next Sunday, he'll either be chasing what will be six more Super Bowls or four to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Four over 15 years is a hell of a lot easier than six. As a Packers fan, you know a lot can go wrong. It's hard to get back. And, you know, talking about multiple Super Bowls. And so those two Super Bowls are are huge. It's a swing Super Bowl ring type of game when you're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. And to me, that is a fascinating storyline. Well, Pete, uh, frankly, and I got to get you out of here on this one in 30 seconds or less. Frankly, I don't see this game being terribly close. And I know that's hearsay and whatnot. We'll find out in seven or seven days or whatever. But I think Kansas City blows them out. I think Patrick goes wild, and I think they blow them out. Right. I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. Oh. I've been thinking about this game a lot. <laughs> I because Andy, you know, like very quickly, you know, they that that Rose Bowl or shift the Rose Bowl right parade. They they saved that for the Super Bowl. No one even knew that was coming. I mean, that was something they installed in training camp. There's going to be things we see in this game that Tampa hasn't seen on tape. So. Hey, well, Pete, I appreciate the time, my friend. Congrats on all of your success. I may bug you in the offseason for sure. And uh, enjoy this week. I mean, I know Kansas City is excited to run it back. Thanks for coming on. Going back to our, our Mr. Miyagi days, always happy to come <laughs> on with you, Mike. Uh, forever, forever uh, owe you for that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Pete Sweeney from arrowheadpride.com. He's also on 610 Sports Radio down in Kansas City. And, Doing some local TV down there as well. Again, arrowheadpride.com on Twitter at PG Sween. Coming up, we'll shift gears from the Chiefs to the Hawkeyes and what happened last night. We're going to play you one guy, but split friends. Happy Fran and Mad Fran. That's coming up next. This is Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket on 1350 ESPN. Don't miss a second of Drake football or basketball with 1350 ESPN, Des Moines Sports Leader. Saturday, Mike Wicket with you. This is Wicket's World. Coming up, there's some big headlines over the uh, the week, and we'll get into some uh, and stuff. I love that sports and stuff has all of a sudden become a thing in this world because of COVID, especially when we had no sports all summer. So, being a guy who spent a lot of time on the radio and then listening to uh, sports stations try to fill with no sports for most of the summer was brutal <laughs> at times but what it did is it made people try to get it outside of the box and uh, i love talking about football and basketball and baseball and i also love talking about a lot of other stuff too so we'll go through what's going on inside my head coming up in about 15 minutes but uh this is wicket's world we're here in des moines on a 1350 espn espn des moines.com on twitter at espn dsm jd is our producer on the other side and Last night, I was sitting there, and I'm like, man, what a good game, right? Like, what, what a great game to watch. Number seven, Iowa, going to number 19, Illinois. What, I mean, this is, 
it's weird because the college listen of all of the sports for me to watch without crowds without fans and i'm a big fan of the way that the nba bubble worked right i I thought they did a really good job of that but as the college basketball season has rolled on it's the weakest and they're trying like last night in champagne they had thumping music they had dubstep pumping they had hip-hop pumping they had rock pumping they had the fake crowd noise there's no orange crush they had the fake orange crush you can't fake what's supposed to be real college basketball and college football suffer the most because of what the crowds are. The crowds are pageantry. The crowds are the Cameron Crazies, the Orange Crush, uh, the Izone up in East Lansing, whatever your team is, you know, the Hilton Magic up in Ames, the Maze Rage is a stupid name, but it's, it's what Michigan's is. You go to the barn up in Minnesota? I would love to go to that tabletop of a gym. Oh, man, I would awesome. love to go there. It, it, it's an awesome place to watch a game. And they can pipe in all the crowd noise they want all over college basketball, but without the Cameron crazies, it's not the same. Now, are they starting to let some fans yeah. in to a certain point? And, and I know uh, tomorrow, Drake is back at home for the first time in like a month because they were off for so, for so long. I think it's... 900 capacity? I think 6, so. 6,000 seat gym for, for Drake at the Nap Center. And I think it's eight or 900 people they're letting in in pods of two and six, which is good to start. It's a hot ticket in town right it's, now. They're 15 and 0, man. Yeah. Wow. So I was watching the game last night. I'm, it's, I was at Illinois, and it's number seven against number 19. And Illinois won 80 75, and, and we'll talk about that. But man, college basketball just suffers because there's no. You know, if you watch Wisconsin, there's no grateful red, no craziness. Right. There was no jump around. At Camp Randall this year. There's no wave for the kids at Kinnick. All right? Like, the, they, there's just, it just, college sports needs the fans more. And I'm also, by the way, I understand why we don't have fans. Like, sure. I'm, I'm pro-mask. COVID's not a hoax. It's real. That topic is for another show. Not for this one. Especially not today. Right. So, when you watch the game last night, it was, it was a good game between two teams that are fighting for uh, conference supremacy. Iowa loses 80-75. There was some controversy in this one. There definitely was some controversy in this one. Um, And afterwards, Fran McCaffrey, there were two versions of Fran. There was happy Fran, and there was mad Fran, all right? There was a goaltending call late, okay? And this is what really made uh, Fran short, mad Fran. So there was a goaltending call against uh, Illinois that they reviewed on an Iowa bucket they reviewed it, and it turned out it was not goaltending. It was the right, the right review, the right reversal of the call. The problem for Iowa is the follow-up shot was a layup that counted. But because they blew the goaltend and they went to review, the follow-up shot never happened. And because of that, Illinois goes the other way. They get a bucket. They go on to win. Somebody asked Fran McCaffrey yesterday in the post-game press conference about the goaltend call. He said, can you explain the goaltend call? Yeah, Frank, can you talk a little bit about the, the goaltending call that they took away? Um, uh, I can't. What, what exactly did they tell you there? I can't. <laughs> that's it. That's mad Fran. Like, that's angry Fran McCaffrey right there. He had there. a right to be mad, yeah, though. He can't, but it was the right call. If, if the referees... It was, the goaltend was the wrong call. The reversal was the correct call. That, you, I understand Iowa fan is mad and doesn't want to hear me say that, and they want me to be pissed off. I'm not. Right. Like, I, I understand 
why you're upset, and I get that had the ref not blown the whistle, that you get the bucket and the game is completely different, but it goes the other way and the wheels begin to fall off. For Iowa, they couldn't buy a bucket. And here's, here's more Mad Fran. You so, really are a smart guy. Hold on. Either that or I guess i got to do <laughs> a much better that? job. Yeah. Stop that? I love that. So Luca Garza, the All-American who leads the nation in scoring, he had 19. He didn't get to the free throw line very much. He, he himself was in some foul trouble last night. And somebody was asking Fran about why Garza didn't get to the free throw line after the 10-minute mark in the second half. You really are a smart guy. <laughs> Either that or I guess i got to do a much better job of getting Luca Garza to the free throw line, apparently. <laughs> I'm just a horrendous coach. That, well, let's stop right there. That's awesome. <laughs> I love, I'm just a horrendous coach. Because he knows what's going to be written in all the blogs yeah, tomorrow. Right. You, know, you, know. you really are a smart guy. <laughs> Save that drop. For when, I, for when I ever get anything right. Yep, yep. <laughs> you really are a smart guy. I'm not going to get a lot right. I generally don't. Ask my wife. Um, and, and then Fran went into, you know, they're playing without guard C.J. Uh, Frederick. And you can tell that Fran's still not, he's still not in a good mood because he was asked specifically, you know, what's life like playing without C.J. Frederick? Just one free throw. That's my fault. I'll take full blame for that. No, I That's the wrong, wrong one. one. I hit the wrong one, my here's, friend. Here's here Fran on CJ. Uh, playing you without go, buddy. Frederick. I, I got to hit the right one. Here we go. Yeah, so we did pretty well without him. You know, obviously we'd love to have him. I thought the guys that played, you know, really competed hard and played well. That's it. That's, it. That's all you get. You, I mean, as the press conference went on, I feel like McCaffrey was in a better mood, and that's evident here because he talked. Listen, this is. Happy Fran, who loves everybody. You lose the game, and you, you start looking at, well, you know, this guy should have done this, and I should have done that, and that guy should have done this. And, and, and we were in a position to win the game. We had a chance. There were a couple roll out on us coming down the stretch. They hit a couple shots. Give them credit for that. Uh, I think we, we learned a lot about ourselves in terms of how to play the zone better, how to play transition defense Everything's better. Everything's great. Yeah. I thought our execution was pretty good offensively. We had new guys in different spots, uh, and uh, you know I thought they met the challenge. I thought you know Keegan was really good, Patrick was good, everybody thought, was good, you know, everybody was, was good. good. Yeah. I thought uh, we Tony lost. Perkins came in and gave us some great minutes. Great minutes. I mean, how great was Nunji? You know, when Luke right. was on the bench, yeah. uh, I thought he was great. Yeah. Really proud of Jack. It yeah. was great. <laughs> See, that's happy, Fran. Let me compliment everybody on my team. Uh, right. They now have lost back-to-back -back games. This was a team that a lot people were starting to maybe pencil in Iowa for the Final Four, maybe an Elite Eight team. Now they've lost back-to-back -back games. Last week against Indiana, and then last night on the road at Illinois. You know, we played two really good teams. Uh, we did a lot of good things. You know, would like to have had Miluka out there the whole time, uh, but I'm so proud of Jack and Keegan and Patrick and Tony and that stretch. They, they were really good, Joe T. Uh, so I think that... That bodes well for the future in terms of our depth. Uh, and we were in a position to win, you know, when Luca hardly played. That's unfortunate. But uh, other guys have to grow up, and they did. So I, it, Iowa kind of has this this stretch of games coming up right now where it could get a little, little hinky. Am I allowed to say that, hinky? Um, because they've got some tough opponents coming up. And well, this is where you find out where you are. You really do. And I'm going to talk about where I think Iowa will be come, come March. They're 12-4, and 6-3 and three right now in the conference. And up next, Sparty, 13, number 13 OSU. They go to Indiana. 
Rutgers is good, and then they're back at Sparty. And then they go to Wisconsin. I mean, that, that's a tough, tough stretch of six games right now. It is. For, yeah. for Iowa, I wouldn't, I mean, if they go four and two in those six games, that's a pretty good effort considering who the opponents are. Ohio State's better than everybody thought. I still think Michigan State has talent, even though the record doesn't show it. Wisconsin is one of the toughest places to go play in all of college basketball. Um, yeah, so they, they may have lost two straight, but this is one of those where it's like, okay, now what do you have coming for, uh, coming in front of you? Um, and coming up, I, I know we got to get to a break here, mm-hmm. but coming up, I do want to play the the last bit from Fran McCaffrey because, in all fairness, like we have some fun, some some fun here with Fran, but. I do want to get to what is truly missing, and he points it out, and I want you to hear it. And we'll talk about some other stuff that happened this week. So more from Fran McCaffrey after the Iowa loss. Where do I think Iowa's going to be come March? I'll tell you coming up on the other side. This is Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket right here on 1350 ESPN. Stay up to date with all the scores and analysis at ESPNDesMoines.com. 1350 ESPN, Des Moines Sports Leader. You know, look at that. The more rush we play, I'm cool with that. Definitely. I'm with that. I've <laughs> heard that for a long time. Wicket's World on uh, 1350 ESPN, ESPN Des Moines. Online, ESPNDesMoines.com. On Twitter, at ESPNDSM. This is the dry run of Wicket's World. JD is on the other side, and uh, we'll be with you Fridays at 4. Fridays at 4. We need to teach Rush how to fade. Now, that was pretty bad on my part. <laughs> I hit the fade on it, and it says it's supposed to just fade it down automatically. This is the dry run. You might run. want to help that one. This is the dry run. Yeah, I think this is what not, I'm just going to help it. You know. Uh, we were chatting about uh, Iowa and their loss to Illinois uh, yesterday, 80-75, and what this does for Iowa. I, it, part of me does, in a little bit, feel bad for some of the kids, some of the players, and, and they're 21 years old calling them kids. But it part you of me really are a smart guy. Thank you. Um, but the fact that these arenas are empty and there's nobody playing in them, it just abs. I mean, Illinois is one of the great college basketball venues to play in Champaign, to play in that arena in front of the Orange Crush. There's so many, so much tradition, and the fans go crazy. And and uh, Iowa head coach Fran McCaffrey talked about that not being part of a big road trip like this one. This building should have been nuts, you know, and that's what I miss for the kids. Forget about me. I mean, I've coached a million games. But those kids deserve the packed house, everybody going crazy. Uh, but that said, you know, I thought it was a hard-fought, well-played game. And I would say that for the whole season. You know, I felt the same way walking out of the court at Maryland. There's nobody there. You know, I thought we played hard. We played well. I thought they played hard. They didn't shoot it well. Uh, so, uh you know, I think it was a really good game under the circumstances. I think it would have been better if the place was filled. But, uh, you know, maybe next year. Yeah, and he's right. I mean, you, you play at Carver-Hawkeye, that place should be crazy. You play up at Hilton, that place should be crazy. You play at the Knapp Center, where, where Drake is going to play tomorrow, back for the first time. That place should be crazy. But because of the world we live in currently, here in January of 2021 and all of, you know, last year, they just don't get that opportunity, and it stinks. You know, I, I don't know what this, you know... I'm, but, Mike, isn't all of these sports franchises, professional, college, even high school, they're all having the same problem? They are. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, so many people are complaining about how tough things are for them, whether you can't get your hair cut, you can't golf, you can't do this, you can't travel, you can't play in front of a, a, in front of a home crowd. That's just the way it is right now. You know, it, it, it sucks to say 
shut up and deal with it. But we're all having to deal with it. I don't love wearing a mask. J.D., you don't love wearing a mask. No. But, but you do it. Now, wearing a mask and playing in front of an empty gym are very different things, obviously. It's not anywhere near the same thing or playing in an empty baseball stadium or or any of these things. But it just is what it is. And, uh, you know, whatever you, these kids are going to remember from their college careers, whether it's Luca Garza who came back for one more year or, you know, freshmen, their very first year playing in college basketball, you're always going to remember the year that nobody came to see you. Right. And that sucks. It does. It's not, it's not fair, <laughs> but I guess this is a case in point where you show kids life's not fair. <laughs> Man. That's the father in me. Hey, you know, I... Just, uh, don't I know it, my friend? <laughs> Absolutely. You're just getting started. I'm just, yeah. I, I haven't even, my kids don't even listen to me yet. My oldest no, is. No, that's never going to happen, by the way. My oldest is two. My youngest two are one. <laughs> okay. They eat, poop, and sleep. That's it right now. Uh, my wife gave birth to three kids in 50 weeks. Wow, an amazing woman. Uh, she's your boss, so yeah, you have to say that. Well, she's mine, too. <laughs> then, then in case in point, she's an amazing woman. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So as far as where does Iowa go from here, the next three weeks are going to be really interesting for Iowa because, like I mentioned, they've got Sparty. Then they go uh, back. I'm sorry, they got back-to-back -back games at Carver Hawkeye. Excuse me. Sparty, Ohio State, who's 13th in the country, at Indiana, Rutgers, at Sparty, and then at Wisconsin. Which is proof as to why you've got to win the games that you're supposed to win when you win them. They shouldn't have lost to Indiana. That Indiana oh, loss a was bad a one. bad loss. It was. This Yesterday's game was winnable. And what I have noticed watching Iowa play, when they play against teams that are athletic on the perimeter, mm -hmm. Gonzaga, this team last night, Illinois, they struggle. I mean, the, the, the last shot Bohannon had from the corner to try to tie the thing, or from the wing to try to tie the thing, it wasn't a good shot. The guys on Fox Sports 1 were telling me, oh, it was a good look. No, it wasn't. He didn't have a good handle. He was fading away. It wasn't a good look. It was the best he could do, but it wasn't a very good look. Got to be able to contest the shot. I don't know if Iowa is more than a Sweet 16 team this year. And I, I think if they're going to, you know, they'll probably, probably, right now, they'd be a three seed, most right. likely, after this loss. And they'll wind up in that next line down when the new, the new rankings come out tomorrow. But I think Iowa winds up as a, or on Monday, a three seed, maybe a four, and they're going to get some athletic team out of the SEC, some fast team out of the Pac-12, something like that, that's going to give them a lot of problems. Because when other teams speed up, mm -hmm. can Iowa keep up? And that's one of the questions I have when I watch this team. I, I find it amazing that Luca Garza, potentially the player of the year, Andy Katz from uh, College Basketball Insider Andy Katz had him as the leader for the player of the year. Not a surprise. Going to lead the nation in scoring. His team is, you know, top ten team. What's he? Is he like a number five draft pick? I have top no, five. No, I don't. Here's top the thing, 10. man. I don't think Luca Garza is a good NBA player. Whoa. I don't think Luca Garza is a real good NBA Remind player. Let me let you walk out of the back here first. No, I listen. <laughs> that, listen, Christian Leitner wasn't a great NBA player. No, He's but Christian Leitner was a great college player. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. I don't think Luca Garza. Apparently, I don't know if he's a first-round pick. Oh, he's not. He's not. He doesn't do anything great. But he, you've seen the past two drafts. There's a lot of players that aren't great. Oh, sure. And they're getting drafted and 
Sure. But high up. He's not fast. Case in point, the Minnesota Timberwolves number one pick last year. He's going to have to become a better outside shooter because of the way the NBA plays. Right. He's just real good at a lot of stuff. Let's, I think to be an elite player in the NBA, to be a dra- first-round draft pick, you have to be great at something. Right. I don't think Luka Garza's great at anything. He's good at a lot. He's got a good motor. He's very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he didn't take a shot within 10 feet in the last five and a half minutes last night. I don't understand that. Credit to Illinois for d him up in the paint. But he sits outside a lot. He's not that great of an outside shooter. Like, I don't know who Luka Garza is. I mean... Somebody last night compared him to, to Bryant Reeves, big country. He used to play at Oklahoma State 20 years ago. Oh, I remember that guy. That dude yeah. was a, a lottery pick he was a, he because was. he was great around the basket. Is Luca Garza great around the basket? I mean, he's not a giant either. How tall is Luca? 6'11"? He's not, he's not a, is he a starting, is Luca Garza a starting center in no, the NBA right no, now? No, I would say he's a forward, possibly even a, is he, would he make a good perimeter player? He's not a good enough shooter, wow. and he's not fast enough along the perimeter, horizontal. He's not, again, he's going to be the player of the year college-wise. Sure. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great NBA player. He's earned that. Yeah, I think absolutely so. he does. And I, don't, I know Iowa fan is like, well, not going to listen to this crap next Friday. <laughs> I'm not dogging your player. No, you're <laughs> All not. Right? You're not. Garza's going to go down as the first guy. I read this at uh, HawkeyeNation.com. My guy Rob Howe. I read this the other day. If Garza leads the league in scoring, leads the nation in scoring, he's going to be the first Hawkeye to do it since 1948. Somebody named Sonny Weir. No clue. (laughs) Nothing. That's an incredible thing to do. Uh, He leads the number two dude who's down at Missouri State by two points. I don't know what his 19 points last night will do for his average. I'm not the smartest guy. I don't do math. But in terms of where does Iowa go from here, I think you're looking at Sweet 16, and if things go right, the Elite Eight. I know that Iowa fans want this to be a special year, but I don't think when I watch this team play, they're special enough, especially if Garza gets into foul trouble like he did last night. What if the matchups are right, though? They have to be. And they end up going into the Final Four with the right matchups. because of some. You know, we all know tournament play is upset city. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, it... You have to the, the oh boy. I wish we had more than just the let's uh, What have we got? Yeah. Two minutes here, three minutes. You're going to get your one minute signal here <laughs> in about two fifty, something like that. So I'll I, just hit it. You'll know. I love watching Steph Curry play. He's one of my all time favorite players to ever watch play basketball. I loved him at Davidson. I loved him when he got drafted. I didn't think he was going to be this good. <laughs> He's the greatest shooter in the history of the game, right? And, and you're going to find out how big of a fan of the Timberwolves I am when I say, again, another miss for the Timberwolves. I mean, that year, didn't you draft uh, Johnny Flynn and Rubio? They tried twice. Yeah, they, they drafted two point guards. Terrible. I love watching him play, and I love when he and Clay Thompson are together. But what Steph Curry has done, the Steph Curry revolution in the NBA which then trickles down to college and high school, has ruined basketball for me. (laughs) There is nothing but threes and threes and threes and threes and threes and threes. There's nothing but threes and dunks. There is no more 20-foot jump shot in basketball. And it's at every level. It's at the NBA level. It's at the college level. It's at the high school level. And again, I love watching... Steph do it. I love watching Clay do it. I love watching 
Oh, the dude, uh, Tyler Hero and the dude, uh, Duncan Robinson from the Miami Heat do it. But it has ruined... Do you know how many times you watch a, a basketball game and the team goes four for 28 from three, especially in college? Fewer times in the NBA do you see a team just crap the bed from three overall. But in college, teams shoot themselves out of games. And I worry... For Iowa's sake. And they were 10 to 25 last night. They didn't lose because they were horrendous from the three point line. Can I say I'm a fan of good defense and I really wish I'd see some of that come back again into basketball? Can't do that. No. You can't play defense anymore. You can't play defense in the NFL. You can't play defense in the NBA. Not, no. allowed, to, not, a, not allowed to play any defense anymore. But so many teams are so reliant because analytics tell you the more threes you shoot, the better it is for your offensive rating. It's hard to watch because I'm a guy that grew up watching basketball in the 80s and the 90s. And watching, I know he's a terrible human being, but Bobby Knight's teams and watching teams hit jump shots and watching Rip Hamilton for years hit jumpers in the NBA, watching guys have more to their game than just three points and dunks. It makes Alabama's one of the best teams in the country. They had a shot chart the other night. They took like 60 shots, mm-hmm. and I think 45 of them were from three. And the others were dunks or layups. Nothing, nothing on the sides, nothing on the baseline, nothing whatsoever on the wings. And I worry that Iowa has a chance to shoot themselves out of games, especially if Garza is in foul trouble the way he was. Hey, this has been a very fast-moving hour. This was our dry run. I thank you for listening. We are going to be back coming up on uh, Friday at 4. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. That is JD on the other side. And we get to certain stuff. Nothing! I feel like we left everything on the table. Deshaun Watson's sitting out there right now. we got to talk about Deshaun Watson and Matt Stafford, where they're going to wind up. We will have a Super Bowl preview show for you on Friday, right here on uh, 1350 ESPN. So thanks for, uh, for listening. Thanks for checking it out. Hopefully you'll listen every Friday at 4. My name is Mike Wicket. This has been Wicket's World. Thanks to my producer, J.D. Danny, for dragging us all the way through to the end. Get more at ESPNDes Moines.com. For J.D., I'm Wicket. Have yourself a great weekend.